All right, all right, all right. Welcome to We Are Something Else. Episode 53, something to rap about. Uh, well, right now, CB is out this week. CB is in Kentucky uh, at his cousin's wedding. So you got me and E. Rich here. Superfly is somewhere. Hopefully he'll be here before we get into the thick of things. But we got a special guest tonight. Oh, by the way, something to rap about. Episode 53, if you didn't hear me say that before. We got a special guest tonight. We got uh, I hear Superfly right here dialing in. Uh, let me add him to the stream. Boom, Superfly live. We are, we, we're going. Yeah, what's good? What's hear good? me, Superfly? Yeah, can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, we can hear you. All right. Live, all right. We, we live. We're going. We, we just started. So uh, this Superfly, this E-Rich, and our special guest tonight is Eric Kono here, my father. Um, he was on the show a couple weeks ago, kind of impromptu. Um, <laughs> switch that around. Let me get that that logo off of me. Um, kind of impromptu. But now, since we're going to start our, our Black Business uh, series, promoting Black businesses, no matter what it is, um, I'm going to start off with my pops. Uh, he's got a couple of big things that he's doing and he's done. Uh, so when we get to that point, we'll um, he'll have a lot to rap about. So let's start with, uh, let's go around. Superfly, what's good with you, bro? Yo, man, just you know, another day, another week. <laughs> trying to keep, trying to keep everything, the the house in order, and and you know, try to prepare for what's going to come up next for this next six months. <laughs> Thursday again, though. That was quick. It's like we was just here. But yeah, yes, it's is running together, and I, I feel you. These these next six months is it's gonna be a lot. And we got voting, which I'm I'm not trusting anything. Hopefully, we got voting. <laughs> I mean, well, one way or another, I'm I'm not trusting in this mailing system because it, it has it has conspiracy written all over it. Uh, if nothing else, it has, if nothing else, it has doubt written all over it. Doubt. Yeah, there you go. That too. E. Rich, what's good with you? Uh, nothing much, man. Feels like feels like I'm I'm having my groundhog days. They all st- starting to seem the same, different right. different outcomes. But then I wake up the same morning. <laughs> it just rolls all over again. Exactly. So, <laughs> exactly. Uh, That's what I mean, I don't. Are you working from home? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I go in every so often. Because we still got uh, security stuff that's going on at the office, but uh, mainly just to check after the fact. So, um, you know, that's a break in it, but, you know, eventually it's going to go back to us not being there. So, right, right. Um, there's still no real update on when we're going back. And somebody, the owner had mentioned September, but I think that's just like a, a, a comfort zone just to let you know that, you know, we're looking out that far ahead of time, you know, so spend, you're going to spend your summer at home. You're going to, you know, we're gonna be in this for a while, and then, like Superfly said, you know, these next six months ain't guaranteed we going anywhere. Are you rushing to get back into your job? Aren't you getting paid from home? Oh yeah, no, I'm not looking. <laughs> this may be the new normal. This yeah. may be the new normal. If you're getting paid, you're still working. Does I mean, are you rushing to get back in the office? And when you get back, when you get when you get back in the office, I mean, then then there's all kinds of new parameters as far as how close you consider the new normal. I mean. Why rush it? Right, right, yeah, exactly. Why rush it? 
and I mean, we're still a few months away or maybe a year away from any type of, of cure, it looks like. I mean, and it'd be interesting months. to see the next months. <laughs> I mean, be a year but, away. <laughs> and it's going to be a while. And it'd be interesting to see what's going to happen like in the next month or so when we finally get sports reintroduced to this new norm. Maybe. Are you down you down NBA? Well, and baseball? It, it's only going to take one spike within the organization for them to shut it down. I mean, you're talking about – you got to look at it from the owner's perspective, you know, as far as the money that they're already missing out with people not going to the games. You know, I just had this conversation. You talk about the NBA uh, having their TV rights to only certain, you know, certain uh, organizations. But there's more – there's too many teams for them not to show. They're, you're not about to watch, like, a tournament-style, you know, game on, on TV because they have other things that are going on. So – soon as the owner decides that somebody in his organization has it or they don't want to get caught up in that moment, they're going to pull out. Then, then what do you do? You know what I mean? What, it, what it, about some of the, the, the primetime players that are saying they're not going to get involved in it? Mike Trout to say he ain't going back. You know, um, what's the what's the player's name that went to DeMatha that plays? Um, Ola Depot. Um, he said he's not going back. When you start seeing some of these players, they're taking their health over entertainment. Because that's what it really is, is entertainment. You know, health over entertainment, and they sit down. I mean, what what are you watching? Right. Watching what are you watching? Game. <laughs> right. I mean, I I kind of glanced. I kind of fell into watching. Flip flip the channel to wrestling. I mean, it's kind of odd watching wrestlers in there acting as if the crowd there's a there's a stadium full of people, and it's like it really is acting. Oh yeah, it really is acting. What and what about some of these athletes that that that. That that are driven by the crowd noise. I mean, we gonna do pipe in fake noise. That's what. Uh, who said NBA said they were gonna do that? Mm-mm. One of them said they were gonna put. Uh, maybe that was baseball. One of them said they were gonna play uh, like a, a automated like crowd noise. It's got to be baseball. The NBA. It- they don't be loud like that. That's just during certain breaks. But the, the only the only sport that's actually benefiting from this is golf. Because they want you right. to quiet. <laughs> right, right, right. So while, while we're on the subject of sports, we missed out on this last week, but it's kind of taken a big headline now is the Redskins finally, Daniel Snyder is finally getting his hand forced to change the name of the team. <laughs> when we're talking about sponsors pulling out, I mean, Nike pulled out, Walmart pulled out today, right? So you're talking about, the first thing you see when you most you walk in most WalMarts is what the food court, whatever they have in there, and like the men's section, and you always see Redskins paraphernalia right there. And it's got like night and websites. Owners are talking about selling their shares. What what else is left for them to do? Does he come out to make a statement? Does anybody know? Yeah, I don't know. I, I know I know that they are committed committed to changing the names but keeping the colors. I do know that. And I, I did I hear think, the colors. I didn't know it just came around today that one of the one of the options is the red wolves. I said, is I there such thing? Is there such thing as a red wolf? I mean, or they just making up names? Why don't you call them the black whites? Then is there such thing as that? I mean, right. you're just coming up with names for the sake of names. You know, back in the '60s and '70s, back in the '60s and '70s, this name was never an issue. You know, so we get to these peaks and valleys when issues become. They, when things become issues, and all of a sudden we need to sweep 
you know, sweep the, sweep the floor clean of all this other stuff. You know, it, it's amazing because I was telling um, telling my wife today, I said, my, my high school mascot was the Potomac Braves, right? Potomac Braves. Right around the 2000s, when this whole thing started coming up about these names, they changed it to the Wolverines. Well, the alumni association came back and said, there's nothing derogatory about a brave, about a brave. So they brought it back. So now you have this, you have this division between whether you were brave or whether you were Wolverine, you know. So I don't know. I, gonna, I, I, I get. It. I mean, I get it. I get it from the standpoint of the sensitivities of it. I, I do get it. But you know, who's really driving this? Right. I was. My next question was going to be: Are all Native American mascot names offensive to you know? Do you find those offensive? like the Golden State Warriors? Is there anything? Do you find anything offensive about the Warriors? Well, here's the other thing. Like the Seminoles, they sat down with the Seminole Indians down there and they didn't have a problem with it. That's why they kept it and they kind of embrace it down there. Kind of embrace it down there. You know, the Atlanta Braves, you know, what are they, who, who's the one that's the Atlanta? You mean, to the Seminole. point, right. You know what I mean? So it, I don't know, man. I, I think, I think that, you know, you have to pick and choose your battles. I understand the sensitivities, the, the sensitivities of it. But when you talk about the Universal Hawaii Warriors, the Hawaiians don't get mad over that because there there, there was a, a contingent of that class that were warriors. You know what I mean? But we wouldn't get upset about that. Right, right. I, I think the fact that we know for sure that the term redskin is almost equivalent to the word nigger. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. not. One was derogatory. The other one was identifier. One no. was one, one, and so that that's the argument we have to make sure that we're we're not perpetuating is one was to identify a person by the red skin. The other one is a derogatory term. You know what I mean? Derogatory term, and it, it's 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 no different than than white people thinking that when Hawaiians say "howled," it means derogatory. It is not a derogatory term. It's not a derogatory term, but. We let the we let the conversation be driven by people outside of who have a vested interest in vested interest in this. So the conversation go can be skewed either way. Can be be skewed either way. Mm -hmm. That's why I start off by saying, who's really driving this? Right. I, still, I still want to know what a red wolf is. What's a red wolf? <laughs> that that goes back to remember when the uh, it used to be the uh, they used to be called the bullets. You know what I mean? Yeah. The basketball team. Yep. And they took this, oh, so much violence in DC that we gotta get away from that that being the bullets. Like what was that really gonna change the violence because you changed the name of a or, or organization's name? But they no. came they came they came here as the bullets. They were from Baltimore first. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um news uh centering around Kanye West wanting to run for president. Are we, are we next? Are we, <laughs> are, are, we are we are we taking this serious? No. I mean, no. it's on his end. It's on his end. No, no, no. He missed the deadline to to run independent, and as well as that is, he ain't been right since his mama passed. And just to be honest, man, it's you know, if you want to get to the nitty of it, you know, that's taking a probably most likely going to take votes away from Biden. So I just put yeah. the younger generation that's going to ride with him. And the simple fact that people saw him sitting next to Trump, so it's so those it's, it's it's messy. And we and to be honest with you, you know, we ain't got time for that 
that, that's, maybe, that's com- maybe he's doing it. Maybe he's doing it in spite of that, too, so they can drive both ways. But you're right; he he missed the deadline. It's just another another side again. Another that's all we man. We would just wind up being sideshows to a whole lot of stuff, man. And it's just taken away from the because this is a serious election, man. You know, the the, the president has already started um, campaign. Um, 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 what do you call it? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, but but he's he's spoiling the vote right now by saying that you know b- b- ballot, uh, mail-in ballots are not legitimate. I'm telling you, they're gonna have to literally walk him out of there. He's not gonna walk out of there come November or or at the inauguration. He's not gonna walk out of there. They're gonna have to literally carry him out of there. I was gonna say he had, he started um, a while a couple weeks ago, even right before that, firing up his his support system. I don't, I don't have you think his do you think his support system has grown any or is it the same batch of people that he targeted last time to win the election he he lost a lot of the middle class white women already he lost a lot of them already they've already they've, they've taken several polls um and they've shown that a lot of the middle class white women have already jumped off his ship a lot of his base is that he was smart the last time what he did was he woke up the underbelly of this country and they identified with making America great again, and whatever that meant to them, they were willing to 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 to, to roll the dice on them. And he he gave them exactly what they wanted: the ability to say anything you want out your mouth. You know, put people, at least from a rhetoric, rhetorical standpoint, put people back in their place where they belong. You don't belong here, um, and it it, it, it kind of sparked everything. But his recent recent, I guess, with the last three months. His recent behavior is just like, man, this dude is off the chain. He is literally off the chain. One minute, one minute, we're taking, we're, we're doing more testing than anybody else. Next minute, he wants them to slow down. He gets into the, they get to the press conference, and, and they say that he was just joking. Later on that evening, he gets up and says, "No, I was serious." You know. Then he gets back on and says, "We're t- we're doing more testing than anybody else. If we did half the test, we'd, we'd be we'd have half the number of positive 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 uh, um, COVID." I mean, he's doing all kinds of Chinese arithmetic in his head. You see him back there sliding your abacus back and forth with the little wooden beads. <laughs> right, right. He ain't even doing that, man. He ain't even doing that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, listen, they're not even wearing masks anymore. Like, they never did, for the most part, when they first started talking about wearing masks, put um, pences on without a mask. He, this guy's not wearing a mask. It's it's like the COVID thing is it's still there. But it's not the top story anymore. Now and now it, it's like that scrolling headline at the bottom of the screen. Now you have to read up on it to kind of get what you really need about it. It's well, not. It's if not. You, if you're watching network news during the daytime, that's all they're reporting on. COVID kind of went away after the George Floyd um, situ- situation. That kind of went away. People just, you know, threw caution to the wind, protesting. And I and I get that. But if you remember during that time, I was in North Carolina, South Carolina. I told you. I was the only one down there wearing a mask. And when I walked into the hotel, people looked at me like I was I was disrespecting them by having a mask on. And and guess where all the spikes are now? In the South. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, before we move further, I wanna I don't know if you guys saw the headline today. Uh I haven't had any updates about an EU out there in Cali about Naya Rivera. Have they have they come back in with any updates? Or is it still kind of a search and rescue kind of thing, a search and recover? That's what it is. They're trying to recover it. I mean, they know she's out there. They just they just gotta find her. I mean, it's 
think it's like four or five miles stretch and it's and it's deep, you know what I mean? So it's not just it's not it's not because the boat had been kind of just floating away on its own, right? Yeah, like I said, it wasn't until somebody that was in another rental saw the saw the kid. So you don't know how long from that process that she'd been down there. You know what I mean? Sure. And you know, it's sad, but you know, that's man, they, they they just they just reported on that that um like boating accidents are up like four hundred percent like over the air because that's where everybody's on now because they can't do nothing on land so they go out on boats you know drinking in the whole nine and it don't take much man that's the right. wrong place to mess up you got to right. be on your a game every minute <laughs> when you out on the water right you ain't lying. And, and the thing is if you go out on the boat it was i'm assuming it was just them two and the kid had on a life vest they said they found another life vest on the boat so obviously that was probably hers um I would, I would find it weird that you take a boat out and not know how to swim. If it's just going to be you two, there's nobody else around that, that could help. And so then I mean, it depends that. on the water that you want to like current can drag yeah. you under, even if you can't swim. So you just yeah, got to be extra vigilant out there. It don't matter, man. She she could have caught a cramp. She could have caught. Something. I mean, what what is your four year old gonna do? You know, what I mean, she he can't you can't help her up. You know what I'm saying? So if she's struggling. That's it's a wrap. Like <laughs> you going straight to the bottom. You're not floating. You that's it. Right, right, right. Well, thoughts and prayers out to her. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, so let's get into this um, black business series that we want to want to start and want to focus on. Because um, there's a lot of black businesses out there, black business owners that you might not know about. Not everybody's in front of the camera, bouncing a basketball, catching a football, uh, got their name plastered on some building. You know, everybody's not a Magic Johnson. You don't know every business, you know, Magic Johnson owns, but some, a lot of them he's vocal about. Um, but I want to start here at home. Um, and our guest tonight is no stranger to the show, uh, Mr. Eric Kono here. Um, who's got a couple of businesses uh, who he's very successful at, seems to be. Um, so I guess my first question is, um, <clears throat> during this pandemic, where a lot of business owners are struggling to stay afloat, um, how have you found it? How have you found it to be during this pandemic to, to keep your business thriving? So first of all, thank y'all for having me on the show. So first of all, my main company, when I when I started the company in 2001, I made sure that that company was recession proof and boogeyman dependent. And so even though I'm in I'm in the security industry, I made sure that the niche market that I'm in would never dry up. And so whenever the boogeyman comes around, I get busier. And so when this pandemic hit, we went to national quarantine. I got busier to the point that people in the industry depended on me to to get them work, to get them work. And so that was I, and that was by design that when I went into the security industry, I didn't want to do uniform security. I specialized in executive protection um, in the company I used to work for, um, got away from full time employees, only went to contract employees. But around 2000, I went and got my own, got my license to operate in the state, did all the administrative work to be recognized by the state as well as by the federal government to be a legitimate business, not just walk around with, with business cards printed from um, from uh, Microsoft Word. Um, in fact, I didn't have business cards. And so when he went away with full-time employees and was, decided he was going to do 
just contract employees. Well, guess who was sitting there with the license ready to operate? It was me. So I absorbed the entire detail right then. And I haven't been looking back since. And so when this pandemic hit, <clears throat> I can pretty much, the industry I'm in has ebbs and flows based off of season. So right around Christmas time, up until the, after the 1st of December, it gets slow because um, corporate executives go on vacation, they just don't do anything and they close out the fourth quarter. But after January 1st, all the way to the end of the year, I'm extremely busy. If you take that and you throw in a, boog a sprinkle of boogeyman in the middle of that, or you sprinkle something with, with that has anything to do with, with the economy going dry, some type of pandemic or something like that, I even get busier. So right now we're servicing, my company services Fortune 100. And if you're familiar with the Fortune 100, top 100 um, uh, institutes, corporations in the Fortune 100. In the top 20 of the Fortune 100, I cover, I have the uh, 13 out of the top 20 are clients of mine. So we're constantly busy. And so when, when this pandemic hit, um, the financial institution kept going. And so we just, we just, we got busier. We got busier. Um, and I told these guys in the industry, a lot of these guys want to do entertainment. They want to do the hip hop guys. Those guys sitting at home now and nobody recording, nobody's touring. So all these guys are sitting at home now in boxer underwear playing PlayStation while we're out there working. Um, so that was one of the things that that's one of the things that we, we did during the um, during the pandemic. We've been extremely, extremely busy. Nice. Um, to for anyone who wants to to get into the, your field, what are, what are your requirements um, as far as people who want to ex explore your side of the field, maybe not just the, the celebrity side? So in, in a niche market that I'm in, which is the executive protection, which is the equivalent to the private sector version of the Secret Service. Um, it used to be years ago, you had to have the law enforcement or military background. But I've, I've, I've seen in my experience that those, those two institutions come with preset training. So military is close with and destroy the enemy. Police is fight to you know, live to fight another day. I'd rather be tried by 12 than carried by six, right? And so in, in my side of the industry, it's a sissy game. It goes against everything you learn as a boy. You know, defend yourself. Don't let nobody bully you. When, when, the, when, the, when the fecal matter hits the rotary oscillator, when the fecal matter hits the rotary oscillator, we cut and run. Because if we're standing there fighting, guess who else is there? The person they're trying to get, right? So we cut and run. You know how many times the Secret Service has ever fired their weapon to protect the president? Zero, because they cut and run. They cut and run. If you look at the Reagan shooting, this is a prime example. Reagan shooter, when, Del when um, John Hinckley, John Hinckley knew that the police officer working that detail that day was new. Delahanty was was detailed that day. He was canine guy. The guy who normally was there was off. Hinckley was in the press corps line, which was normally set back further away. He convinced Delahanty to let them move the, the press corps line closer. So when, when Reagan got, came out, he would be closer. Delahanty let them move the press line closer. When they came out, shots fired. Delahanty actually ducked because when when shots get fired, police officers are trained to either fire cover or um, concealment or cover. He actually ducked into one of the bullets and got shot in the head. Um, McCarthy, the Secret Service guy, did exactly what he was trained to do. He got big and he got hit. 
the first person to put their hands on on um, Hinckley was a guy named Alfred Antonucci, retired lieutenant colonel for the military. So he closed with and, and destroyed the enemy. So all three institutions were there at the same time, police officers and military. And from our perspective, I can't untrain that because it's in, innate in their in their um in their in the in their fabric. Although some of the things that they come with, like you know, esprit de corps, um, being able to work in a um, chain of command, those things you it's hard to train somebody to do, but they come with that already. So the, the limitations in terms of coming into our industry has changed, at least from my perspective. If if the person has a clean record, has um and wants to come in, first thing you have to do is go through go through the training one of a certified training course. Okay. Um, speaking on the training, we, we've seen how the lack of police police training there may be, or um, from the from what's going on now in the news, um, people are questioning the kind of training that they are getting. What what does it take? What kind of training do you provide your guys? So we our training is specific to executive protection. Um, the basic course runs anywhere between seven to ten days, depending on how extensive you're going to get into some of the core subjects of, of the, of the uh, course, like a, like advanced work, protective advanced work uh, should take about a day and a half to two days. So that's two days of your, of your coursework. Then you have other things like motorcade operations, which would take a day, not only a day with that, but then your day practical stuff on outside getting in and out, out of the cars. Then you have stuff like special event stuff. How do you work special events? Not just like parties, but special events like, um, shareholders meetings or going to somewhere where your client's going to have to give a speech, those things like that. So it takes between seven to 10 days, depending on how many practicals you're running through today. But by the end of the course, by the end of the course, they have all the core elements to be able to work the detail, but you really don't get the training until you get on the detail. Right, right. Um, we, we see a lot of, so, okay, here's, here's a, a question. A lot of people want to know, they use the term bodyguard very loosely. Oh, that's so-and-so's bodyguard. That's this person's bodyguard. Um, break down the difference between a bodyguard and uh, an executive protection agent. Specialist. Specialist. Okay, so in Europe, the term bodyguard is the same thing as executive protection specialist in the United States. They do the same thing that I do. In the United States, bodyguard means a total different thing. And so... Several years ago, I did a survey monkey um, survey where I polled 500 people, right? 500 people. And the parameters of the poll was you had to be over 30 years old, had to make over $65,000 a year, $65,000, college graduate, and own a home. Anybody want to take a stab at why I chose, why, why I chose my, um, my, my, my group, my testing group that with those parameters? Anybody want to take a stab at it? It's they homeowner stuff to lose. <laughs> say, say again, um, I said they have stuff to lose. No, those are the ones that in my industry are the ones I've dealt with as being decision makers. They were all the decision makers, whether they're going to use my service now, over 30 years old, made at least $65,000 a year, owned a home and college graduate. Remember, I only deal with corporate people, right? And I polled them with three questions. When you hear the term bodyguard, when you hear the when when you th hear the term bodyguard, do you think trained, untrained, or unprofessional? When you hear the term um, secret service, do you think trained, untrained, or, or professional? When you hear the word 
uh, executive protection specialists, trained, untrained, or um, uh, 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 professional. Only five people voted bodyguard. Everybody else, the vote was split between trained, untrained, and, and professional for Secret Service and and um, executive protection specialists. So I tell the guys who come to these these uh, seminars that I go to, if you refer yourself as a bodyguard, people think that you're untrained, unprofessional, and um and and un, uh, untrained, uh, untrained and unprofessional. So you can use that term, but the decision makers look at you like this. So that's the bigger, the bigger, the bigger call. The other thing is most of these guys that you see that are bodyguards, they normally are picked up by these guys in the industry from the gym. Somebody's buddy is, is a friend of somebody's buddy looking for a job, some big dude that they want to put around. And the only thing he's doing is following the guy around. He has no training whatsoever to do advanced work, motorcade stuff. And basically he's just a guy just hanging around slug, just hanging around. All right, well, you can see that when you look at uh, Floyd's bodyguards. Right. I was about to say they were all day long. No, no. He had two guys called the, the – uh, had a company called the Four Horsemen that were here from here from D.C. One was a former um, MPD guy. They had no executive protection training. They were just big dudes, right, big dudes. A guy who who's in the industry, in the industry that is trained, got in two of one of these guys that knocked one of them dudes out. Wow. Wow. Um, we spoke on the term advance. Um, what typically goes in, into an advance? Okay, so the, 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 the bigger part, I'll break it down into four different things. And so to make it simple, because the Secret Service uses a 20-point advance um, uh, measurement where 20 things have to be measured. So how do I get in? Where do I put my stuff? Where do I go if something goes wrong? And how do I get out? So if you can remember those four things, and each one of those points has like five different things that go along with. So how do I get in? So let's say I'm going to a, a venue, the, the, the DC Convention Center, right? How do I get in? Not only entails where we're going to where we're going to debust from the vehicles and get them out, but it also means how do I get in from the other place that we're leaving? So it talks about the the um, departure from the other location, the routes, primary, secondary, and tertiary routes. Route security and and um, 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 route security and route planning. How do I get in when I get to this building? What is our primary entrance, secondary, or tertiary entrance? Right? How do I get in? Right? Where do I go if something goes wrong? If the shit hits the fan, where am I taking this guy? Is are we going to stay? Are we going to hold somewhere and wait until it clears and find our way back out? Or are we going to get back to the car? We're just going to stay. That's that's where, uh, where, uh, no. I'm sorry. Where do I put my stuff? So when we get in, where are we going? Right? Where are we going? Is he going into this room first and he's going to hold in the green room for 15 minutes before he goes on stage? And in the process of that, where do I go if something goes wrong? If something goes wrong right now, where are we going? So the advanced guy has to be able to has to be able to translate all those answers once we get on the scene. And how do I get out? So after everything is already all done, said and done, how are we getting out? We're going out the same way we came in. We use the secondary, uh, second or tertiary um evac um ex exit plan to leave out of the leave out of play and i'm and i'm i'm speeding through this but you're talking about two days worth of core work that goes into all this stuff and this is two days before the client even gets there no i'm talking about two days in the class i want to class. okay i got you. yeah so your advanced work depends on it depends on when um when 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 it's going to happen so one of my one of my clients had we we are there with him for four days but each day has about 18 movements. So
So each one of those movements has to tell in advance. Has to tell in advance. So what I do is I flip flop the guy. So Khalil, you may have the first the first location on Monday. Superfly has location number two. Khalil, you have location number three. Superfly has four, and we flip, we we piggyback like that. So we may get in three days before the client's getting there, but you guys are doing the advance for the first three days. As we're going through those three days, I'm peeling guys off of the detail to start performing advances on the fourth day. So as we're working, we're working in the other days along um, that are upcoming. Gotcha. Um, how saturated is the market with um, executive protection? So from the niche market that I do, it's not saturated at all. I, I would venture to say, I would venture to say that I'm the only company that gets up every day, turns the lights on, and we do this full time. There are a lot of guys out there that have businesses because they have the requisite the requisite licenses and stuff like that. They can operate, but they don't have a steady client base that are constantly that are constantly doing. Every day we get up, we turn the lights on. We're running a company. We're running a company. And how how far does that expand? Um, domestically. I've co I cover just about well, not just about some 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 states and some areas in the country are sl are slow. They just don't they don't until they don't have a lot of executives there. Like Wyoming, be made something we may do once every two years. But there are hot pockets within the country, West Coast, the South, including Texas, Mexico, Florida, and then along the Eastern Seaboard, we're constantly busy in the Upper Northeast, like Washington State, and then uh, abroad. We're constantly busy, busy abroad as well. Okay. Uh, hold on, we got a question I'll put up. That's from Nate. How often, how often do clients change up movements on the fly? How do you accommodate? Good question, Nate. So the corporate clients rarely change it on the fly because everything is is accommodated for the fact that they need to be a certain certain place a certain time all the time. They may they may change lunch hours, but I have certain clients that because by nature of the type of business they do, everything is by the seat of the pants. So one minute you may be going some supposed to be somewhere, you may throw three or four movements before we get to that location. But if you got a trained core group of guys, you know how to peel guys off. Say so go advance, go advance um, X, Y, and Z before we get there. Or what we may do is call a hasty advance. We arrive at the scene, a guy's doing an advance while we're on the site. On the site, what I do, I may push one or two guys ahead to receive us. They get as much as they can about what he needs to do as soon as we get there. We take him to wherever he needs to go, and then all of a sudden we start doing what's called a hasty advance. Those those off what we call off-the-record movements like that actually work on our benefit because they're not on the schedule, so nobody knows it but us. And so it's it's not preset ahead of time, so it's basically us going somewhere without being um, forecasting our movements, and they actually work on our, work on our behalf. But it, it happens often. Um, with specific clients. That was a good question. Um, that, was, that was a good question. Uh, threat assessment. How do you how do you monitor your threat assessment, or what's normally your threats? Okay, so words mean everything. We don't do a threat assessment. We do risk, vulnerability, and threat assessments. So we measure the risk, and then we measure the threat, and we marry those two together. It comes up with a scale. So most people, you know, 
mistakenly think that because you have a billion dollars in the bank that there's a there's a threat. No. Unfortunately, we live in a society that by having a lot of money, there's a risk to having a lot of money. It shouldn't be. There is no threat. A threat is an active an active intelligence that says that somebody's going to do X, Y, Z to you. Right. So risk, we measure risk a certain way. You have intentional harm, unintentional harm and embarrassment. Right. So anything and for the most part, we covered it with two of them. We're constantly covered unintentional harm and embarrassment. I could. My drivers could pull the car too close to the curb that when the when the pass when the when principal gets out, twists his ankle on the curb. That's unintentional harm, but it also could cause embarrassment because if he falls down to get a picture of him on the ground, it's an embarrassing situation. That's all on us. So little teeny nuances like that we have to be constantly um uh, 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 you know attentive to. From a risk, I mean, from a threat standpoint, we're constantly um I do a quarterly assessment on all on all of my clients quarterly, but from a um, from a daily standpoint, we're constantly monitoring you know stuff that's on the internet about, about people. Like for instance, there's a specific um, brands like Coca Cola. Coca Cola was on the top three for Al Qaeda hit list for Al Qaeda right after the 9/11 war because they wanted to abolish anything that was that were related to westernized living that the infidels were making a lot of money off of their people. So Coca-Cola was high. A couple of shoe companies were way up there too. Um, I think you guys know what I'm talking about. They were up there too. Um, so you have to, you have to keep monitoring stuff like that. Now, if so, if one of these, one of my principals or the organization they work for says something that is a little contrary to what's going on in modern times. So if you notice through this whole George Floyd thing, most people either they kept quiet or they donated a whole lot of money. They either kept quiet or donated a whole lot of because all it takes is one person to say something and all of a sudden it puts their entire organization at risk. So you could be head of marketing for XYZ company, right? And you make one statement, but because you're a decision maker, everybody above you is at risk now. Hmm. They're, at risk. They're at risk because of something you said. Because of something you said, because you represent the company. Right. 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 Wow. Because you uh, the company. You just spoke on marketing. Um, you know, a lot of businesses flourish, obviously, with different marketing schemes and commercials, Instagram ads, social media ads, all that. Um what what is there a marketing tool that you guys all my business come from all of my business come from word of mouth. Well, I, so, I don't think that, but you know. Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> I, I, I mean I mean I maintain a, a company uh, Facebook page, but the only thing I put on there is stuff for people in the industry to be aware of. Just like when um, University, no, it was U University of Minnesota came out with um, a study that showed that right now the, the virus is being spread by people from the ages of 18 to 40. So I coined them biological terrorists, right? But a lot of these guys in the industry don't think about that. When you're out there with your principal, you got to remember that these young kids are the ones that are spreading this virus around. So as you move around, you have to you have to accommodate for the fact that if you're going to someplace where there's a highly saturated group of 18 to 44 years old who are not wearing masks, you're putting you may be putting your client in a risk in a high risk situation. You following? And so little teeny things like that, people that kind of like fly over people's heads. I'm constantly churning up the waters to make sure that people are aware of what's going on. And just by virtue of that. Um, it keeps it. That's all the marketing I need. But you know, my client base alone 
does all the marketing I need. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm one of the one of the guys you know who it is was doing a um, Instagram interview not too long ago, and I kind of popped on to see what was on. It was, it was a couple hundred people in there. I kind of just popped on to see what he was saying, and the lady was asking him a question. He's a hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can I can I can I say something? There's a guy that just stepped into this room. And he, he was, and he did, and he, and he mentioned my, he mentioned my name, mentioned my name. I've separated myself from the industry because what I've done is I've seen everybody's operating here. I've separated myself from here, and so this whole conversation next we'll be talking about, you know, black-owned businesses. Was it last week? You remember when the fish market was pro, when they protested the owner of the fish market, and I went there and shot pictures, and there was a lot of business black business owners up there. Who own restaurants? And I asked them. I said, "Who's going to fill the void? If you shut this guy down, who's going to fill the void? Because I already know who's bidding on bidding the contract to buy this place. None of y'all names are on it. We have to be able. What we have to do as a community is we have to operate in excellence. Because I can put Danny Boy's Fish um, Sub Shop on the corner, run by Asians who do a great job of what they're doing, and put a black-owned restaurant next to it." We're going to go to that Asian dude. You know why? Because he puts one more piece of fish on that bread, let alone that the brother's putting the better cut of fish on his sandwich. We don't care about that because we think he's getting over on us. You follow what I'm saying? So we, we have to operate in excellence to the point where when people think about fried fish, sandwich, they only think about me. They only think about you. You follow me? So if I ask you right now, who's the best place to get fish sandwich on Friday? What are you going to tell me? I was going to say that. Shout out to Hardy's Barbecue. Hardy's Barbecue. Hardy's Barbecue. You see, he, se he separated himself from everybody else. <laughs> you follow what I'm saying? He separated himself from everybody else. And you don't care that he's a brother. You know that he's going to give you excellent service. And so when we when we understand that a lot of people who say they're in business, they, what they're doing is doing a hobby. And they're really not in a business. If, if you're churning in money, the only money you're making you're making it is to keep the business running. You're spinning your wheels doing a hobby. You're doing a hobby. The first three years of any business, you're not going to make it. You can't make any money. You can't pull money from from the company. But after that, if you if you are making money to pay yourself a salary, you're in business. But if your business is only churning money to keep the business moving, then you're, you're doing that's a hobby. That's a hobby. It's got to be an income stream after three years. And then if your business is good enough and you start separating yourself then you're the first person they talk about when they talk about you, you, you when, when they talk about it in that industry. You can't have a conversation about executive protection in this industry without my name coming up in the conversation. And that, and that was on, I did that on purpose. I did that on purpose. You're either sitting at the table or you're on the menu. Speaking of menus, uh, Superfly, you're supposed to be barbecue. And you tomorrow, you're in the fish sandwiches, Superfly. Just go, just go down there and grab your fit and get the fries, some fries too, fish sandwich and fries. I'm gonna try to get them on the show because black business. What's the, other, what's the other places in Fort Washington does the great hamburgers? That you, leg you told Khalil that you legacy. Legacy is another one. Legacy, legacy is another one. But you got to get there early because that, but, that line is that line all the way to Fort Washington Park. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but hold on, I got a question for you. Service, that's, that's okay, go ahead. So, I guess the question that I have for you, when you 
you know, you touched on the fact that if they got rid of that one business, you know, who who's going to step in line, you know, to get ready to take over that spot? Like, where where is that mentality of what Black Wall Street was, where it was building on the property that was around the area? Like, somebody started, then somebody else bought to where then that's, you know, how you create that path of then you have a single lane where you can go and almost get everything, you know, kind of like the barbershop, you know, you know, you can get socks, draws, you know, outfit the whole time. Why, you know, how do we get to that point where we create that, that, that avenue or that, that, that street or whatever it is to where we're, we're starting to line up those businesses. The first thing you got to do is we got to tr- see with that black wall street, they trusted each other and they relied on each other. They relied on each other. You know, think think about think about that. When when you need a DJ, do you go call the dude down the street or do you rely on calling Superfly? When when Superfly need when Superfly thinks he's gonna need security at his at his venue, even though I don't do that type of security, he may call me and say, Do I know somebody? You you follow me? So this little small network right here, if I said, Look, I need somebody to do a eulogy at, at one of my frat brothers' uh, funeral. Who am I gonna who am I gonna call to find if I can find him? I'm gonna call E. Rich's father because he may know another brother can do it. You know what I mean? If, so we have to be dependent upon each other. This this can't be this can't be separate islands. This has to be a nation with a mindset that everybody relies on each other. So just like what the Asians do, you know, four families may move into a house, open up one restaurant, but then they they perpetuate so that another person could go out and start another one. Then all of a sudden you have a chain. You have a chain. That whole Black Wall Street. I, I encourage everybody to watch that. Watch the the documentary on that. So, if there was a time, because you know we're the first to say America was never grateful black people. Yes, it was. Every time, even Reconstruction. Every time we got great, they knocked us down. They knocked us down. And and we may be at a point right now where we're on the precipice of doing great things, and we're in this situation where we are. We are right now, but we can get back there, but we just have to trust each other and rely on each other. But we got to operate in excellence, man. For them to call them Black Wall Street, man, them, they were doing it. Mm-hmm. They you were have to doing be intentional. It. You got to be intentional and in, in building and building that network. It can't, it can't be a hobby, man. Spend your money those places. Right. That's, and that's what, yeah. that's what we were talking about, even with my family. I told them, I said, look, you know, for, for years, I tried to play the politically correct thing in my industry because I represent a lot of Fortune One clients that, with, with even what I tell the guys in the brand, that your personal social media uh, uh, brand cannot conflict with your professional one. You know what I mean? So if you profession, you profess yourself to be moral, ethical, and professional business-wise, you can't be having you know, dudes on your Facebook page slapping some naked girl's ass. You can't do that. Those two don't jive together. You know what I mean? And so when when we do things together, we have to operate in excellence. So I need to know that when 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 I'm taking the next five days off, that E. Rich is not going to be sitting behind a desk sleep. That if he does, Superfly is going to wake your ass up before Eric gets back. You know what I mean? We have to, the, those checks and balances. We don't, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. We're not there yet because I'm worried about how much money E. Rich made last week. How come I didn't make that much money? Why are you getting more days than me as opposed to, hey, I'm working. I'm eventually going to get them days too. You know what I mean? Right. But with, 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 and, and the good thing about it is, is that my, my generation, 
which is I'm, I'm one of the old people now, right? And in y'all generation, y'all y'all like the fathers because the ones that's fighting this thing now are, are y'all's juniors, are y'all's juniors. So they're gonna be looking to y'all for the wise counsel. You know what I mean? I'm sitting back now. Every time I say something to my kids, they think, man, this old man don't know what you talk about. Oh yeah, I know what I told him. I taught you everything you know. I ain't teach you everything I know. You know what I mean? <laughs> so they look at me like I'm crazy. Like I'm crazy. Nah, man, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. You you want to be smart about that. That's not that's not being smart. You know you can't. This is not going to be won overnight. It's going to be a long battle. But you got to be smart along the way. My, my biggest fear is I told them the other day, the George Floyd thing is starting to die down. It's starting to die down. COVID is starting to pick back up again. And we're, we're going to be another tagline, another opportunity missed. No leader has emerged out of this thing. No no, no direction in terms of what, it, what they want to do. Obviously, defund the police is the biggest thing. But you can't talk about defund the police when from the time George Floyd was killed what, maybe three weeks ago to now. Well, how many how many black men were killed by police officers since then? Maybe three? Yeah. There were five black children killed this past weekend. So if you want to have the argument, you got to argue both sides. You, you got to argue both sides. What are we going to do about ourselves before we can be, they don't take us serious, man, because it was unfortunate what happened. We saw it happen, but then we walk around and next thing you know, we had a weekend full of murders all over the country by people who look like them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of transitioning. You said you mentioned George Floyd, and I know you and I have been talking that you um, started another company recently, uh, based around around this and your love for something else. Yeah. Uh, won't you Won't you t uh, tell us about this one? So, I um, it's photography. So I I started taking photography in high school back in 1977. Half of y'all weren't even your parents were probably just graduating out of high school themselves. Um, and I was in the 10th grade. <laughs> I was in the 10th grade and I took photography. My father gave me my first camera, which is a Leica M2. I still have it in there. I was in love with, with, with photography, developed my own pictures, and I kind of got away from it. And a couple of events happened that, that brought me back to it. So I shoot every day. I shoot every day. Um, it wasn't for the purpose of selling pictures, but more so just something I love to do. Well, what has happened is a lot of my pictures, the people have asked to buy my pictures. I saw a picture of the key bridge that I did two years ago for $2,500. So a lot of my pictures, people, and I don't, I don't have a merchant services account on my website, on my website. I just post my pictures and say, if you trying to get in touch with, trying to get in touch, I only print one size, 17, um, 17 by 20. So they, I print big, those only sizes I have. Um, I took a picture in, um, North Carolina, I think I showed Kaleo. I'm only going to print six. I'm only going to print six, but they're 10,000 a piece. And I have one guy in California right now that wants a copy. So, wow. but, 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 so for me, that's still what I would consider a hobby as opposed to a business. And I, because I didn't go into it for a business, but it's starting, it's starting to turn, it's starting to turn like that. But, that sounds like a business to me. <laughs> Tim Rack sound like a business to me. <laughs> but but here, here, here's the thing. Miller Vanilli had one big song. Were they in the business of music? Hey. No. Now, if I sell all six of them. Here we go. 
But, but the thing about it, the, the, the picture of the of the key bridge, the lady asked me, she said, look, I really want that picture for my office. You know, how much are you willing to sell it for? I said, well, I, I can tell you, because at that point I was like, man, what should I do? So buddy of mine said, man, sell it for a, a grand. She said, well, I'll give you 2,500 if you decommission the picture. I said, mm -hmm. well, shit, after I print this picture, I don't give a damn about it anyway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's a good feeling though, ain't it? Like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. When you oh. when you don't know what you could charge for it, yeah, it's, man. <laughs> you want to pay me for this? Okay. I knew she wanted. I knew she wanted yeah. it. Mm -hmm. knew she so what's what's the name of the photography company you you started? It's Thirty Third Eye Photography. But if you go to econohearphotography.com, you'll see my website is up there. And if, there's a lot of pictures that I don't post on Instagram that I only post on the website on the website. So you get a, you get a a good a good feel or good um, uh, grasp of all the stuff that I'm doing. But like for the last month or so, I haven't taken any pictures of any people. I've only been taking pictures of 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 what they call uh, fine art photography, uh, finding spots where the sun is barely coming. Like yesterday, I went to Watkins Park and shot the inside of a barn, shot the inside of a barn. But it kind of it went crazy on Instagram because I'm chasing the light down. So you never know what people. Um, what what people will uh what 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 they find is as um art to them. Right. Um got a question. Uh what was one of those events that brought you back to photography? So what happened was is that one of my clients has a professional photographer that follows them follows the principal around and she rides in the car with me with with my with my team. She used to be the chief the director of photography for the White House. She's the first black female to be the director of photography for the White House. Her name is Sharon Farmer. Look her up, Sharon Farmer. She has her own exhibit in the African American Museum, right? Um, and so watching her take pictures kind of got the juices flowing. Well, my best friend, who's also who's Kaleo's godfather, is a professional photographer for um, you. He, he shoots only tennis, mostly tennis. Matter of fact, one of his pictures was in Times Square at the U.S. Uh, last year's U.S. Open. Can y'all see that? I post it real quick. Can y'all see that? Yeah, yeah, that was a picture of the barn yeah. from yesterday. And then the picture, I, I posted the picture of the barn, I think, today. Um, and so then my middle son, Kaleo's brother, when he went to high school, he said he wanted to take photography. Now, my wife, none of my family knew that I had taken photography in high school. And so he wanted a camera. We got him a camera. <laughs> it is so funny. And it was a digital camera. Now, I only shot analog, which was film. So he's sitting there taking pictures of food at, at the dinner table every day. And I'm laughing because I remember <laughs> having to do that, taking pictures of flowers and stuff. I'm laughing because I had to do all that stuff, right? So let me see that camera. So I picked it up. I looked at it. So how you change the ASA on that? He said, "What's ASA?" I said, "Well, how do you how do you adjust Kelvin on that?" He said, "Who's Kelvin?" <laughs> I called my buddy. I said, man, "When I talked to my son about ASA, he looked at me funny." He said, "Man, they call it ISO now." I said, "What about Kelvin?" He said, "No, it's called white balance. White balance." Wow. He didn't change the names. So then I said, "You know what? I'm gonna get back at it." So I bought a camera. I went out and bought a Nikon. It had too many. All I need is aperture, shutter speed and light sensitivity, which is ISO. That's all I need, I don't need all that other stuff. And I started taking pictures. And then I realized that Leica had gone digital and I went and bought me a Leica. And it's, it, it's three things, aperture, 
shutter speed, and light sensitivity. You don't need nothing else. If you look at them black and white pictures on there, you, you'll understand it. That's all you need. You don't need all those other bells and whistles. And so, Khalil, all three of my kids shoot. All three of them shoot. And so, me and Khalil get together, you know, trying to get him to get used to, you know, making sure he's paying attention. There's only the first two things you need to know when you take a picture. Is, is speed important or depth of field important? Those are the first two questions you ask yourself. Everything else Everything else adjusts off of those two things. If I'm if I'm photographing um, auto racing, then I know speed is important. So I know I need a higher shutter speed, which means now I need to boost my sensitivity up because with a higher shutter speed is is flicking it, the shutter is moving so fast that lights not get in. So I need to boost my ISO to get light sensitivity in. And depending on which what, what uh, depth of field I want, I can either boost up my ISO or leave it the same and just shoot it at the same aperture the whole time. Right. Uh, we spoke on a project last week. Uh, oh yeah, let me let me let me. So yeah. you guys do at the end of the, at the end of the show. You guys do what? What's it called? For the soul. For the soul. So I'm gonna do. I'm gonna start this project called From the Soul. And what I want to do is 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 meet people through either here or or through my own networks of people who are Jordan enthusiasts, right? And so. What I want to do is take a picture of them in their own natural state, whether it be in a barber shop, at a coffee shop, somewhere in a park, somewhere, not just standing on a basketball court with their favorite Jordans on. And then on the, the picture, the page that goes up beside it, have a picture of them, why they chose Jordan, why that shoe is their favorite shoe. So that is a project I'm going to be working on over the next year or so. So anybody who's listening to your podcast that wants to be a part of that, get in touch with one of these three brothers right here. They'll get in touch with me. If you're local, we'll set up a a, a sit down to do the meet because I want to do the do the shooting with guys who are sitting at a, like a, at a coffee table at a bar with their legs crossed with the shoes on in their natural state. The next pic, the next page will be picture you and why that shoe, why you chose Jordan, and why that shoe is your favorite shoe, and then. Um, I'll self-publish it, but then I'll pitch it to some friends I got. Maybe get picked up. Right. <laughs> now, now I'm in that business. business. Yeah, yeah that's that business. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, we also spoke about something that, else. Then it'll, it'll be sitting at your local athlete's foot, and you'd be going to say, "I'm in that book." <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, 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 I guess, transitioning into the for the soul. Uh, we also spoke. I don't know if we spoke on camera, or off camera last week. Uh, something else, another move that you had uh, made, uh, speaking of shoes, uh, recently, uh, you, you've got something going on. and uh, do, we, do you have it with you to... to, to talk about yourselves. By the way, so we got a couple people watching. Shout out to everybody watching. We appreciate it. I missed a couple comments earlier because it was delayed. But as I see your comments come through, uh, I'm putting them up. My man, Sean Xavier, dope concept. Sean, man, you are a shoe enthusiast. I mean, you showed me a couple of nice pairs of kicks recently. So down, I mean, and I know you. So come on through. And cigars, too. So um, let's make this happen, too. 
So, and you know what? We, we can we can do them. We can do them in once this thing is all over with. We can do them while we're taping in the studio. But I just want to catch the person, catch the shoes in a natural state. I don't want somebody to put you know stand there with the shoes. I take a picture of a person standing there. I want it. I want the book to be alive. You know what I mean? To be alive. So you, whether you're you're sitting at a table, sitting on a booth, DJing. You know what I mean? With the shoes on. And taking a taking a, taking a picture of the shoe in in a natural state uh, wherever it may be, whether it be at the cigar lounge, coffee shop, you know, why well, not washing your car? You better not. I ain't taking a picture of nobody washing the car with no Jordans on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there we go, right there. So what are we looking at right here? So three years ago, I was wearing a pair of. Solomon's shoes when I was working. And one of the um, decision makers told me, how come you don't have on X, Y, Z? I said, because if I got to get nasty, I'm going to rip right through those. Do y'all have any tactical shoes? No, we don't. Talk to so-and-so. Hey, man, y'all got any tactical boots? Because I love these Merrells right here. No, no, we don't. But, you know, I need to get you in touch with, with um, Tinker Hatfield's brother. Everybody know who Tinker is, right? Yeah, his brother. So when I got home, I emailed Tinker, Tinker's brother. That he contacted me with a guy who was running a division out of Nike. Um, that they were trying to do stuff like they wanted to get into that into that space. And I told him, "So look, I can help you do what my idea with the shoe would be something low profile in the sense that it doesn't attract attention overseas." Everybody said he's either military or he's either. Um, Working security, but it's rough enough that if you need to get shitty, that it's going to withstand 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 the um the, the pressures. We went through the first rendition, and they were just trying out the fabric to make sure the fabric would hold up. And so what it did was send out the shoes to ten people, ten people a certain size, and they would just run them run them ragged, run them ragged. And then once every week, you give me an after action report. I would send it up to to the brand, and then they would evaluate that. The second time was for something else. We evaluated something else. And so I sent uh, sent a bunch of shoes off to the Marine Raider Division, which is special operations. They did weekly um, weekly uh, after action report to the point where they sent pictures of them doing a workup for a direct action um, mission that were going on wearing the shoes. And so this one right here is all black because we're testing out the bottoms. This is the last, this is the last, the last one before they go out. So if you look at the bottoms of these things, is it right there? Can you show you the rest of the shoe again? You see, see in here, that's a rope well. So if you get to come out of a helicopter, the rope goes in the middle of the shoe. Give us a 360 of the shoe. We want yeah, to we see it one more time? A little closer. Okay. Definitely. Okay. It's got a Nike check mark on it. You see the, the back crazy. of the shoe? Yep. So that's the last. That's the last copy of it, and then uh, we should be done in a couple weeks. Nice. Right. Uh, so CB is going to miss out on his pair when they get delivered to the house. Um, <laughs> final version of because he's not here tonight. <laughs> CB's in Kentucky. But uh, you know, I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't think he's in that part. Mm -hmm. He's at yeah, he's at a wedding, um, but nah, this this was I think it was a good kickoff to our our series of 
just black business um, and just trying to maintain, finding your niche, um, marketing, maybe not marketing, purpose, um, and how, how to survive. Like I said, knowing, yeah. your, knowing the, the, your, the, your target. The, the bigger thing is if you're going into business, what do you stand for? That's the first thing. What do you stand for? What sep- and then what separates you from the next person that's doing it? If, if nothing separates you, then what are you in it for? Because the crap, the whole crab in the barrel mentality is what people would, uh, are, are finding themselves in. So, you know, right now everybody's selling like candles, right? They're selling candles. What makes you selling candles different than the, the, the female next door? But why do you want to sell the candles? Because the one who's making the candles is the one that's in business. Mm. You know what I mean? You're either seated at the table or you're on the menu. Or you don't want to go on a t shirt that needs to go on a t shirt, seriously. Yep, you're either, done. Seated at, done. you're either seated at the table, or you're on the menu, man. And because it's a dog eat dog world, like what separates you from the next person? If you're not separated by the next person, then you're no different than the next person, and you'll find yourself just spinning your wheels. And so that's the biggest. And remember that when you go into business with, with uh, when you go into a certain business, you're going to have to have other people. That are doing either doing what you're doing or something they do helps propel your 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 business. So one of the one of the phrases I clo- uh, coined in my industry is, "Your net worth is only as good as your network." Absolutely. Basically, your value is based around the people you hang around. If it's nine broke Negroes in the room, you step in there, you're bound to be the tenth broke Negro in that room. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, my man Nate says fire. I need the price on those. Can y'all see the comment? Can you see his comment on there? I see it. Yeah. yeah, I see. It. Okay. What's that? That's RP TBD. Yo, uh, he he's from around <laughs> the way. He uh, he grew up on. Um, he looks familiar. He's yeah. He's from uh, Pinehurst. He's on uh, what's the top of the street was good on Pinehurst. The Tanglewood Tanglewood Drive. No, not Tanglewood. Timberline. Timber. No, not Timberline. Yeah, Tanglewood. Something like that. Yeah, I was gonna say, look right. here. Yeah, he's from around the way. What size is he wearing? What size, Nate? If you're still on, what size is he wearing? You better better put your, your size in right now. Because I got ten pair in this box over here that need to be beta tested. Last beta Lockwood. test. It was Lockwood Avenue. That's right. Lockwood. Lockwood. I know. Nate, what size are you? Well, while Nate responds, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Or> the ruler. <laughs> I don't know what the delay is from the for the comments from him typing eleven. He in the pike yeah, five, five by five. He in the pike five by five. <laughs> <laughs> Can Nate write? Because I need him writing every week. Yeah, yeah Nate says size eleven. I got you. All right. Yo, Shan, that's Shan. So we got a um, a new um, For the Soul logo. We're going to put on some shirts soon. But that's Shan right there, my man Shannon. He uh, he does all our work. So check him out on IG too, SLR Flow. Uh, yeah. Black business. Black, we need to have him on here too because yeah. my man, he, he's got he's a very talented artist. I and mean, we worked at BJ's together. And I remember him doodling on the, uh, his notepad when he was working at the gas station. So, does this work on on Instagram? Uh, yeah, we on our, yeah, exactly. Um, 
Uh oh, there you go. You see that one? Yeah. <laughs> Love you too. Love you too. Um, yeah, he's on Instagram, SL Art Flow. Uh, I'll post that too in the comments, but it's him right here. Dope artist. Uh, while we want for the soul, E, you got, um, by the way, this is um, my family in Hawaii. We ain't been in a while, so I'm, I miss every single one of y'all out there. So hopefully we get out there soon. Flights are cheap, but I know they're making us sit for 14 days when so you get off, you go anywhere. Well, it's not a bad place if you sit in your room. I'm not, nah, right. I, I wouldn't mind. Right. I'll sit, <laughs> I'll, I'll, they can deliver yeah, me some I'll sit for 14 days out there. <laughs> There's uh, that's Shannon's handle right there. SLR flow. SLH art flow. SLH art flow. Got it. One. Thank you, bro. No problem, man. Hey, black business. Come home. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we got. We gonna do a show live there one day. It's just all gonna get better. We gonna get back back to normal. Um, yeah. So while we here for the soul, uh, E, you got anything to that you wanna bring up? Yeah, classic. Go ahead. I, I got one. I got mine right ball, here. So. I'm, I'm digging. Oh yeah. Oh, oh okay. So, so you know I got the classic. I gotta keep it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, right. it's 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 an everyday wear. Like there's not there's got, there's nothing that I nah. won't put on where these these yeah. ain't the first ones where I'm just like I can just go put these on and I'm done. I don't even have to think about it. Those are like the ver- those are like the Air Force ones. Everybody used to put those on that classic. You can't beat that classic. One's a one's a classic, no matter how you look at it. Um yeah. those were the tucks. Yeah. Super fly. You got anything tonight? Superfly every now and then, Superfly yeah. show something. Yeah, yeah, he's huh? he's being sick. He leaning back waiting. Nah, I don't got nothing to do. You ain't got no slides or nothing? <laughs> huh? Oh, you know I got slides on. Well, yeah, I don't got I don't got no heat today. Every now and then. I stay with the, I stay with the slides, though. You know what it is. Um, <laughs> so we got the 11 lows. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, OG ones. These weren't the part of the release. Uh, I'm still look good. You can hear. Oh wait a minute. That's the real uh, carbon fiber. Carbon fiber. Exactly. Ooh, you gotta do that. You know, people want you to stab carbon fiber. I should have bought my low bridge down here then. You got time to get those those Travis lows you got upstairs? And no, they don't oh, you <laughs> Yeah, look. I may, I may do a. I may do a fundraiser to. to Auction off those uh, Travis guys and give it to the um, the legal fund of Black Lives Matter. I'm deciding yet. Those Travises, uh, they they, hard to, they they highly sought after right now. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, this is a good show. Um, I appreciate. Oh, uh, what's that? I appreciate each and every one of y'all. Um, no, I- sir. Uh, yeah, it's been a. Great show. Uh, CB should be back next week. Um, we're working out on the details on who's going to be featured next week. Uh, a lot of people responded at the last minute about how they ready to jump on and next week they want there to be their week, whatever. But one way or another, we're going to continue this. Uh, Super Fly, if you know anybody you want to feature on Black Business, E, same thing with you. And if you want to pitch them, I, I know Rob is coming. Um, I got to pitch him. Yeah, I know Rob is coming. Um, but if you anybody else you want to throw our way, let's do it. Um, that's that's all I got for now. So thank everybody for watching. 
That's 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 it. That's um, we got something else. Any closing arguments? Yes, we are. Operating excellence. Go. I'm in this broadcast.